Hi guys, Alana here. Welcome to the Praying Christian Women podcast. As always, Jamie and I are so glad you joined us. We are ready for another coffee break episode where we're taking some of the questions that you guys have sent in. It is super fun to be connected and to get your questions, which you can submit to us at prayingchristianwomen.com slash questions. I'm really excited about today's topic. And before we dive in, let's pray. God, we just thank you for this time to be together, and we just lift up this this next little bit of time to you, God. We just pray that you would be glorified in it and that you would guide our discussion, and we just uh, pray that you would help us to just be targeted and to address the the exact things that you would like us to discuss and to um, to bring up, and God, we just ask that you would be glorified and that you would um, just go before us today and, and bless all of those listening. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So we have a fun shout out to Marcine, who has been one of our probably oldest listeners in terms of like a listener who's been with us from the very, very beginning. Um, Right? Long time listener. Long time listener. That is so much better than oldest listener. (laughs) Our apologies, Marcine. We appreciate your encouragement. You have been a big, big friend of the show for a really long time. And we both are just so, so blessed. So your question, Marcine says, is it okay to pray with or allow others to pray for you whom you don't think are actually Christians or who are even of drastically different faith than you or even part of a cult or misguided pseudo-Christian religion? So this wasn't the exact wording, but the- (laughs) I sort of tried to, so I think this case, this wasn't technically like a specific coffee break question. It came out of just a personal email that Mm -hmm. she had sent. And so I kind of tried to- recall and, and yeah, down. but that, that was the gist of what she had. Written. No, this is so interesting. So basically we're talking about ecumenical prayer, right? If you're not familiar with ecumenical, it's just kind of, you know, like multi-denominational up to, and including, yeah, like atheists, universalists, people who definitely don't believe the same things theologically that you do. Maybe, um, are there lines to draw? Where are the lines to draw? I am super interested in, um, diving into this topic and actually like a little nervous. I know I don't normally get really nervous about these topics, but I feel like this one, I mean, there is some gray area maybe, or maybe that's not even the right word, but um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where the discussion takes us. Yeah, I think so too. So where do you want to start? Well, so I was wondering just to prepare for this, I just kind of looked to see what the technical definition for ecumenical was. And oh, okay. it seemed like there were two different definitions. The first would be like interdenominational. So within mm-hmm. the Christian church, like let's say the non-denominational church wanted to have a prayer meeting with the... And Methodist maybe like church. let's maybe refrain from calling out specific, specific nominations. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. But That's a I think idea. we get what you're saying. Yeah. Like one, one get together like, that includes people from all kinds of Christian right. denominations. Right. Who use the same Bible and, and mm-hmm. believe similar things, right. Yes. That would consider. Yes. Yeah. Who but, fall under the Christian umbrella or at yes. least are self-professing. Yes. Right. And then there's the other, which would be people from different faiths, like, uh, like, Islam, Hindu, Mm -hmm. philosophies, Buddhism, whatever, that would come together with the idea of 
changing the world, not necessarily, mm-hmm. and, and maybe praying also, you know, or yes. so anyway, yeah. So, okay. so there's, there are two different segments, I guess. Yeah. That that's a really good place to start. So I would say that a, I think that this is probably a case where people need to use personal discernment a lot. Um, I think that in the first definition of ecumenical, if we're just talking about it being interdenominational, even if some of the theology being represented by some of the churches, like let's just say there's a big um, statewide gathering, kind of like a, um, you know, how sometimes people will set up prayer, you know, prayer on the Capitol steps or something like that. It's not like one church sponsoring it. It's, it's meant to be for all Christians around. I think in my mind, I'm almost in every case, totally okay with that. Um, But I think we need to recognize, yeah, like not everybody's going to have the same theological beliefs as you. And sometimes that does need to be brought into question as to, you know, how, how comfortable are you? How, um, yeah, how how different does it look from from what you look like? Some denominations or movements pray in drastically different ways. And so some of it, I think, might even come down to what you're personally comfortable with and not even necessarily like, like what's theologically okay. But, um, you know, like if people are praying in a way that is so drastically different than what you're, you're used to that you're distracted or in your spirit you're feeling... Um, not necessarily even unwelcome, but just uncomfortable, then I think, yeah, I think a lot of this question is going to boil down to just checking your own conscience and your own heart. What do you think? I think so too. And I think also just what comes to my mind is if you were to think it was okay, go into a situation and then come away and be wrestling with, oh no, did I do something wrong? Um, I look at when it comes to this, this type of prayer with multiple denominations, I just, I feel like we also need to come away and, and not get hung up with guilt or fear because Mm -hmm. God is sovereign. It's like the meat sacrifice to idols. I think where Mm -hmm. you went into it, wanting to please God. And I don't believe that God will be displeased with you or somehow remove favor or, or that anything spiritually negative could happen to you because God, because you're protected by God. Does that Sort of, but I think there's but, a caveat, it, whereas if yeah, you're in you that situation, that yeah, if you're in that situation, I do think that there can be spiritual danger to some of this, especially I do. With, when we're moving toward the second definition of ecumenicalism. Right. Um, but maybe even the first, if you are under the impression that someone is a Christian and they're not, and, and whatever they're invoking. Is yeah, not. yeah. So, but yeah. I think there, I think though you do need to be willing to, if you show up in good faith and then realize that this is something that is not a place for you to be, that you're okay removing yourself from that, which can be weird and awkward. (laughs) Um, So some of it, yeah, is even knowing, knowing yourself, like if you're the kind of person who like, once you get there, are you going to be too afraid to like get up and go? If that's the case, maybe you should. So I've got a good example. Mm -hmm. Um, This wasn't for prayer, but there was in our community, like this free self-defense class for kids. 
So I'm like, oh, that sounds cool. So I took the kids and they were young enough that I was just kind of there um, for it. It wasn't like a drop off thing. And the first, it was like an all day thing. The first couple hours really were like a self-defense class for kids. And then it turned into this, um, you know, like let's look to find our chi and let's close our eyes and feel the energy of our chi. And I could see some Christians saying, yeah, that's okay. Like I can do this without getting into the mysticism of it. And I could see other Christians being like, yeah, this is not okay. And as a mom, I was, you know, like my, my ears were perked. I'm like, how far is this going to go? And one of my children was getting to where he was uncomfortable with it spiritually. And that's when I was like, okay, time to go. Um, and so some of it I think has to do with, um, what am I trying to say? I kind of lost my train of thought, but you know, like if I had been the kind of person who was so worried about making a scene and I'll, I'll be the first to admit, I felt very uncomfortable, like getting up and leaving, <laughs> but I knew it was the right thing to do. So we did. Um, if, if you feel like that's going to be too hard for you, then maybe you need to be more careful about whether to show up in the first place. No, I think that's very, I think, so I think that that gives us two beginning steps. So step one, if it even becomes an option, go into it with a lot of prayer and a lot of, you know, and if you feel okay to go after that, go into it knowing that you need to ahead of time be prepared to sense spiritually while you're there, whether it's okay Mm -hmm. and be, be prepared to be willing to tell yourself, I'm going to go if God prompts me. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think that's really helpful. I think though, let's talk about the other side of things where some people, I think you and I, Jamie are more of the, um, you know, like let's kind of intuit and feel our way through things. And some people are more black and white and, and some people can be so rigid that they are going to be like, well, this person doesn't believe what I believe about what the tribulation means. And therefore it would be a sin to pray with them. Um, I think that sometimes we can, get too rigid and refuse to fellowship with true, genuine, actual believers for matters that frankly are questionable. Um, And so I think that's the other thing to consider is some people, like, I think if you and I were going to fall to an extreme, our extreme, our fault would be to stay too long in something that wasn't honoring God. And, but I think that there are other Christians who their extreme, if they were to kind of take it to a fault would be to not go at all because, you know, well, this person says, you know, this church believes the world is 6,000 years old and I believe the world's 15,000 years old. And, and these people believe the world's 3 billion years old. So we can't pray together. Um, I would say that some of those things should be put aside for the sake of fellowship. But I, I know that some people listening probably aren't going to agree with that. Um, so I don't know. Do you have a hard and fast rule of how to know, like how to know if it's like, okay, so let's make it something that like isn't controversial at all. So give me just a second to think of something. So like, let's say that some people think that, um, gosh, it seems like everything can become controversial. Carpet, <laughs> carpet color. The carpet color. Okay. Some people say (laughs) that the church needs to have red carpet and other people say, no, the church must have white carpet. Um, How do you know if this is one of those things that you should just put aside for the sake of fellowship and harmony? And if it's one of those things that really, no, you, you shouldn't kind of stand for. Yeah. And I, I think for me, Personally, 
I don't even know if I should say me personally, because I don't think that. So I think number one, you just don't think that churches should have carpets. I mean, I know you <laughs> concrete <floors laughs> so that you can bring coffee into the sanctuary. Duh. Oh, yes, please. Well, don't all Alaskan churches like coffee in the sanctuary. I, think I have not come across I think that's one thing, that doesn't. Yeah, yeah you yep. can, even if they have carpet. Yep. Um, no, but so I, yeah. I mean, it's I, a hard one. It really it is. is a hard one. Yeah. I mean, when it comes to praying with, I feel like, are you praying to the same God? This is in this particular, cause we have the, we haven't even gotten into the other phase. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're talking, talking just about interdenominational Christian praying. Interdenominational. Are you praying <clears throat> to the same <throat> God? Is Jesus his son and is, you know, the idea of salvation the same as what the Bible says. I mean, do you, Mm -hmm. but I don't even know if that in itself is the only thing. If you have these other possibly disputable matters, I think you have to go to kind of the meat sacrifice to idols in to Mm -hmm. one person. I believe that there's great freedom in Christ. And, and I believe that, um, that if your conscience allows you to feel that, and, and you're not feeling a hindrance about going Mm -hmm. in and praying sincerely with these other people. I believe that that in itself is okay, but I believe that you need to look at scripture. You need to, to pray and ask God for that insight. But if your conscience in any way makes you feel like wrong about it, Mm -hmm. I would absolutely stay away from it. Just, just to stay Mm -hmm. away from it. And I don't mean your judgy spirit says, right that's well, I don't the like those yeah people. i don't like what they I said mean your yeah. conscience i mean your conscience mm-hmm. about is this holy is this edifying is this glorifying to god mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. but i think you have to go into prayer to say god is there judgment in me am i yeah looking at the the speck in my brother's eye and, mm-hmm. and not right, the log right. in my own so i it's so hard, but I, I it think is it's hard. very personal. Yes. I think though, that if you're to the point where like you're refusing or maybe the people of your congregation, like the leadership of your congregation are pushing you not to pray with anybody outside of that denomination, in my mind, that's going too far. I think I am comfortable saying that. Um, I was part of a, it wasn't quite a denomination, but it was this like church movement thing in college where it was getting close to that extreme, you know, and that is too much, I think. Um, So maybe that's a decent rule of thumb, you know, if it's to where like you're, you're not comfortable praying with anybody who's not approved by someone of your denomination, let's go ahead and call that a little bit too rigid um, and controlling. Are you okay taking that step but saying so? I would take it a little further and say that I would be concerned. Yeah. If your church leadership is saying, if you don't go to our church, mm-hmm. then you can't pray with anybody that doesn't, I would be concerned. Very yeah. concerned. 
Yeah. So, okay. So we at least have some common ground. And then I think, you know, as you were talking and as we're talking, like, this, this is a hard one for me because I think both you and I, Jamie, like we don't love to give absolutes. And sometimes this, this is one issue where sometimes I think there do need to be absolutes, yes, <laughs> um, they do. but I picture it as kind of like concentric circles where you're here and the people who believe exactly as you believe are in your inner circle. And then you can get progressively outside that circle. And I think for every person, there's going to be a line between, you know, like, so I'm totally fine praying with somebody who disagrees with me on the tenant of like, at what age should you baptize a child? To me, doesn't matter to me. <laughs> I've got my ideas. I'm not going to like ever become a martyr for what I believe. If you know, like if someone holds a gun to my head and says, I want you to tell me the opposite belief about child baptism, like, okay, sure. I, you know, like this is not, for me, that's not a big enough reason <laughs> life or death. to stick my neck out. And yeah. so for me, yeah, totally fine. Um, you know, and then let's go beyond people who maybe have different thoughts about, um, I don't know, like what church leadership should look at, look like, you know, and, but as you get farther and farther out, I do think there needs to be more and more, um, wisdom being used. So let, tell me if this makes sense. I can like, when you and I pray, I, I never like question in my heart. I'm just wide open to what you pray for me. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Whereas like if somebody's praying for me that I've never, ever met, or I'm praying with somebody that I've never met, there's going to be some guards in my spirit. It's mm -hmm. almost like a gate. Yeah. I'm not going to agree with that prayer automatically. I'm going mm -hmm. to take every single word being said and decide whether I am going to kind of release that prayer on my own. And so I think the farther out you get in these concentric circles, the more guarded that you should be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's a very good point. And mm -hmm. testing, listening, testing against scripture, you know, mm -hmm. what, what prayers are being prayed. You know, I think that's another point is even within your own church, you know, there are people that, mm -hmm. that you might pray with that you assume believe the same things that you believe, but you know, I, there's, there, there definitely is a degree of, of discernment. You know, the Bible says, mm -hmm. do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test everything. Test everything. Yeah. And I think that's very important, no matter who we're praying with. Right. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. All right. So are we ready to dive into the kind of second definition of ecumenicalism and get even messier in our discussion? Sure. Why not? <laughs> Let's go for it. Okay. So. I think we have decided that interdenominational Christian praying is fine and good within some confines of common sense, spiritual discernment, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Now let's talk about like pure ecumenical. So it's, you know, let's say that there's a candlelight vigil in your community for somebody who has passed where members of five different faiths, only one of them being a Christian faith, are going to stand up and offer prayers. Um, some people are going to say this is a neat opportunity for the church to be a salt and light in that community. This is a good time for Jesus Christ to be represented. Other people are going to be like, don't, don't want to touch it with a 10-foot pole. Um, where, where are we going to encourage people to fall <laughs> in the, uh, in the spectrum here? Like we have no idea, guys. That. You're on your own. <laughs> I like the way you did that. You asked me first. No. <laughs> I sure did. <laughs> and this has been our episode of Praying Christian Women. <laughs> the, the music starts to play. Yeah. Um, yeah. okay. So I think, uh, 
what came to my mind is the differences. So I know that there are opportunities for many different religions to do things together that are positive, mm-hmm. you know, and yes, I think those I are agree. positive things, but we're talking about specifically prayer here. And when it comes to prayer, I, I'm not going to say one or the other at this point. I just want to say what, what could be benefits and what could be, cause I'm not sure. I'm not sure, but mm-hmm. what could be benefits? What could be some pitfalls? So number one, like you said, I think a benefit to allowing yourself to be part of, of something like that is that when we pray, heaven is opened up, the Holy Spirit is present, you know, and I, I believe that, that that could potentially be a a great, especially if you're with more than one person of your own faith, you know, where two Mm -hmm. or more are gathered, I'm there among them, you know, you feel like, okay, yes, Jesus's name will go out and God's power and his Holy Spirit will be there. And if God is the most powerful and these other gods are false and at the Mm -hmm. very best, they don't exist. And at the very worst, they're, you know, not as powerful as God. Mm -hmm. Um, Then God is going out and there's the chance that somehow your testimony or your prayer could stir some kind of faith in someone else. Mm -hmm. Like I'm picturing Elijah in Mount Carmel, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like he did, he had no fear of, of showing up, Mm -hmm. of being there, you know, like, if I remember, he was the only one, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, who was standing up for the one true God and, and then didn't, there were all these other prophets of Baal. Yeah. Right. Of, of a false God who, you know, I think most, a lot of Christians would say wasn't just a nothing God, but you know, perhaps even something demonic and prayers were being lifted up to something demonic. And Elijah knew his God, the true God was the one real God. Um, but I also think that it's very, I'll go ahead and say it like stupid to put yourself in that situation without a lot of prayer and spiritual protection, because yes, sometimes I think it's, um, it's at best innocuous, right? Like at best you're praying with people who are praying to nothing. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah, but at worst, I think that you could be opening yourself up to, spiritual oppression to things like that. Um, so I'm, I agree. I, I think you had a good idea to just talk about the pros and cons. Like I, I do like that Jesus can be lifted up in a situation like that, but I think that there for sure would be a line beyond which a Christian would be not acting in wisdom to, pass. So for example, um, let me think of a good example. So here, let's say that there's an ecumenical gathering, all right, with not just interdenominational Christians, but people from various religions. Um, A prayer to the true God of the Bible and Jesus Christ, his son is offered up. And I think that's neat that he's, he's there, he's represented. Um, But then if it turns into like, let's all hold hands and pray to this tree who is our spirit guardian, I do not believe that in the name of unity, a Christian should participate in that. 
Um, so I think in this case, even more so than the interdenominational one, like I think there are for sure lines. So maybe a, a Christian might prayerfully and with discernment agree to offer a prayer to the true God, but also separate themselves if there are group activities where other false deities are being prayed to. But I could also see some Christians not wanting, like I said, not touching it at all. And I, I don't think that that's bad. Yeah, no. And I, I definitely think that lots of caution has to be put out there. So some things that came to mind Mm -hmm. while you were talking were, so Billy Graham, um, I know that he, I just saw a program about his life and I know that he went Oh, I'm going to get it wrong. <laughs> I always get <laughs> details wrong. But he went He to, went to a place. Um place with some people. No, and there were went, people there, yes. <laughs> he went, I think he went to um Russia where they had a gathering of leaders from many different religions, spiritual mm-hmm. leaders of all over the mm-hmm. world. And it was supposed to be a gathering for just kind of talking about peace. I think mm-hmm. it may have even had something to do with Palestine and Israel. I don't remember mm-hmm. exactly, but mm-hmm. there were all these world leaders gathered and he preached the gospel. Like he wasn't mm-hmm. supposed to, but he yeah. just started preaching the gospel, but he placed himself in a room with many different people with not though with the, the explicit um, purpose of praying together. So that's mm-hmm. a little bit different. I also think of like the, the White House prayer breakfast. Mm-hmm. Has that become an interfaith prayer breakfast where they have, I, I don't know about that. And I didn't think. To I know at least that. some political things like that have where it's not, you know, it's not just Christian leaders being invited to pray, but yeah, it's open and to it's more of like a universal prayer. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I don't know. And I know there are Christian leaders that attend that and that, mm-hmm. you know, represent Christ there. Mm-hmm. So I know that there are examples of things like that. So, you know, those, those kinds of things, I don't know, but I, I definitely, um, I definitely agree that there's, if you definitely could be dealing with demonic influences, mm-hmm. if you put yourself in a position with certain, you know, certain yeah. totally non-Christian. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I Or would, if you're the kind of person who, like we talked about before, who would be perhaps too afraid to make a scene and remove yourself, yeah. um, then maybe it's, it's not as ideal for you. Cause, um, yeah, I think that this is just one of those, I, I don't want to place any kind of judgment or encourage other people who do place judgment on Christian leaders who participate in these things because at the very best, I think their hearts for sure in a good place of wanting to represent Christ of wanting to, um, you know, kind of like Billy Graham. Yeah. Who doesn't want to talk about peace? You know what I mean? Like peace, that's a good thing. Um, but I think that there are some people who probably just shouldn't touch that at all. And especially if you've got a background, like let's say you've got a background in the occult and then you were saved out of the occult and you've been invited to an ecumenical gathering where you know that people from your coven or whatever that wicked thing is, you know, are going to be there offering prayers. I would say based on your background, it would be in most cases a very bad idea to show up. Um, My, I have a relative who is a Christian, but, um, 
comes from like a Buddhist background and doesn't participate in any like even if somebody died and the funeral was at a Buddhist temple, he just wouldn't show up to that. Whereas um, other Christians, I think maybe could and not have it be, you know, like they wouldn't necessarily be participating in the, um, any of the, of the prayer side of it, but could still show up. So I think some of it too has to do with your own susceptibilities. Um, if that makes sense. I, I just think this is something that needs to be done so carefully. I would almost encourage the defaults to be, let's, let's not. not, Yeah. Unless there is a very clear, um, not even a green light, but almost like a commission from God. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, cause you know, like Christians today, at worst, we're seen as being stubborn and we don't, you know, we don't pray well with others. And, and in a way, I, I feel like, yeah, we need to stand out and be separate. Yeah. But sometimes I think that, yeah, I mean, if, so let's say, you know, heaven forbid, let's say a little kid was kidnapped and they held a prayer vigil in, you know, downtown Anchorage. Like I would hope that many, and they were going to pray for this. I would hope that many Christians would show up and offer their prayers, Mm -hmm. whether or not people of other religions were showing up offering their prayers. Do you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? But so I don't know. It's, it is, I think it's a use your best discernment and don't go into something unless you know that you've got the spiritual fortitude to remove yourself if you need to, and don't go into it lightly, you know, like go in with a lot of, um, prayer and like a spiritual covering beforehand, I think is really important if you do something like that. Yeah. Even to talk to your pastor or talk to friends or a prayer group and just have them praying for you beforehand and during and, and maybe even asking you the hard questions beforehand, like, Hey, why are you doing this? Are you doing this just because you don't want to say no to somebody? Or are you doing this because truly you feel like, you know, you've been commissioned by the Lord to show up here. Um, yeah, that's a um, super interesting question, Marcin. You really gave us a doozy of one here. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, and likewise, what the one other element of that that she may have had, and I don't remember if it was me extrapolating or not, but yeah, yeah, yeah. is it okay to allow someone from another faith to pray for you? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We actually did ask... Yeah. No, we actually did ask a relative. Um, so when our son Silas was in the NICU, we had a relative of a non-Christian faith say, I am going to ask all the people from my faith to be praying for your son. And we actually asked her specifically, please don't do that. Like, it's just, we're not comfortable with mm-hmm. that being out there. Now, sometimes I think, um, I, I don't think that you always have to go that like sometimes like it's just going to be innocuous. Nothing's going to happen because people are talking to air. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but sometimes, yeah, I'm, I would not want someone to specifically like individually pray for me who, you know, wasn't a believer. Um, this might not be a, uh, a popular opinion, but I, I can see the argument being made. Like that's why prayer doesn't belong in schools, you know, like school led prayers, because if you let the pastor come in and pray a Christian prayer, what's going to stop you from letting, you know, anybody from any religion come and pray any kind of prayer? Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yes. Is, so, yeah, I am. Um, I probably would not want to be prayed for individually 
by somebody who wasn't a Christian. But then again, sometimes I think it probably would just be innocuous. It, it just probably depends on the, the situation. Um, what do you think? Do you have strong feelings on that question? Yeah, no, I, I definitely would prefer for someone not to pray for me. That was, mm-hmm. um, but again, I think that's something we need to think about because I am not the kind of person that finds it easy to say, Oh no, thank you. So yeah. I think I would just mm-hmm. sit there and be like, oh. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Lord protect me. If there's any, exactly. Again, mm-hmm. God is greater. And so, you know, let's just mm-hmm. say someone comes up to you and just slaps their hand on you and starts praying for you. And they're not a Christian. I mean, right. You know, God is big and, and we just need to remember that, but Mm-hmm. We do need to be vigilant and we need to realize that there are dark forces out there right. that masquerade as angels of light, which would mean right. that other people might see them as good forces that they pray to. And we yeah. need to be really alert. So maybe like, let's be careful, but not living our lives in fear right. um, is an important one. And I think especially when you're talking about kids, because kids do see things more black and white. Mm-hmm. So for example, we were at the, I think it was the Anchorage Museum watching a planetarium show and our kids were, you know, like four or five or something. And they went into one of the myths that Alaska natives have about how the world was created. And our son was really upset by that. And and looking back, I wish we had gotten up and left. Like, no, I don't think it's wrong to learn what other cultures think about creation. But the fact that he was upset, I wish we had modeled for him. Do you know what? If this feels spiritually upsetting for you, it's okay mm-hmm. to get up and go. And then as you get older, you can add some discernments to that. So I think that especially if kids are around and kind of watching, I think it's even more important to, um, if there is doubt, to say, you know, to model what it's like, to be like, hey, this isn't what we do. This isn't what we believe. Yeah, I think that's important. We had Mm -hmm. a kind of similar thing with a preschool that one of my kids was like, I had actually written a check and Mm -hmm. I thought that it was going to be good. And I started reading through their brochure. And one of the things that they did was they didn't say prayers necessarily, but they recited this thing before every snack, basically thanking the sun and thanking Mm -hmm. the, you know, Mm -hmm. and I Mm -hmm. just didn't, um, and, and thanking different elements of God's creation. And it felt like prayer to me. And I just, you know, I, and I, Mm -hmm. I had to, you know, I didn't feel typically I'd be like, well, it's not a big deal, but God prompted me. I really felt like God was like, nope, this isn't the place for him. And maybe for someone else it would be, but it wasn't. Yeah. Or, you know, maybe if, if you had been okay with it, because I think, yeah, expressing gratitude for what we receive is great, not to the son, but you know, teaching kids gratitude, I'm okay with that. But you know, if your son had come home and was uncomfortable, then again, yeah, modeling that because kids do see things more in black and white and I think teaching them to listen to their discernment is going to help them not to grow up into people like you and me who would have a harder time. Be like, no, I want you to stop. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I think that is important. Some of those just spiritual boundaries is maybe a good way to look at it. Yeah. Um, you know, where if something spiritually, like someone's praying for you and you're not comfortable, you know, even if it's your pastor, um, you it's okay to end things. If you've got something in your spirit that is not comfortable with the way things are going, mm-hmm. it's okay to end things and you can do it without being a jerk. <laughs> um, for example, I, I went to um, 
I was talking to this ministry and I, I don't even remember why it was probably like to set up an auto pay or something. And they end their calls by saying, Hey, well, can I pray with you? And it was a man like, no, my husband and I have a thing where we just, we don't do that, you know, with a member of the opposite gender. It's like, there's ways to say, and he was like, okay, have a good day. <laughs> like there are ways to like, not be a jerk about that kind of thing. But sometimes it's nice to have that set up ahead of time. You know, like if, um, if my husband and I hadn't had a conversation about that sort of thing ahead of time, I could have felt, I could have seen myself getting like really weirded out and be like, Oh, is this okay? Should I be doing this? You know? And like, it, it doesn't have to be a huge big deal. You know, it was just kind of a, yeah, we don't, I don't want to pray with you. Nothing against you. And he said, okay, have a good day. You know, so you don't have to be a jerk is what I'm yeah. saying. No. And I think that's why this conversation has been really good for me, especially mm-hmm. just thinking about these things. I mean, I just feel like this is good because now I know what to look for. Now I yeah. I think we're all more prepared after bringing it up. We may not have, you know, given hard and fast answers, but at least mm-hmm. we were all able to think about it more and be prepared if these things yeah. come And be empowered. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. um, I think about the way that children are taught to be able to say, you know, to put boundaries on themselves, you know, personally and physically. And those are really, really important. So even Mm -hmm. just thinking through some of those things, just every so often picture yourself, hey, what, what would I do if somebody, you know, if someone from X cult asked if they could pray for me, just picture that conversation so that you can get it in your head. Yeah, it's okay to say no and not be a jerk. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. helpful. <laughs> um, Practice yeah. saying no in a way that doesn't sound jerky. <laughs> yes, exactly. Jamie, do you want to pray with me? No, thanks. Okay. Have a good day. <laughs> See you guys. You saw it right here. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I'm, I'm really glad. Like I said, I was kind of nervous diving into this because I feel like this is potentially divisive and there are lots of facets to it. But I think if, if there is a takeaway, it's, um, you know, checking in with your own spirit and, and really knowing your, your boundaries so that you don't feel pressured into giving into those boundaries in, in the spur of the moment, mm-hmm. you know, cause if you're not prepared, it's, it's super easy to just freeze and be like, Oh, okay, wait, what's going on. And then like you said, to have that afterwards, like, has that ever happened to you? Like, have you ever had an experience like that? Yeah. I can't think specifically about like prayer, but Oh yeah. Uh, where something mm-hmm. catch, catches you off guard and you're just like, okay, sure. And then you think, yeah, I wish I had been able to get out of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So maybe just be thinking about these things ahead of time so that they don't catch you off guard. And maybe even just having, um, whether that's between like you and your family or just you and God, just knowing what the boundaries are so that you don't have to decide on the spur of the moment. Do you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. um, yeah. Interesting conversation, really good question, Marcine. And I want to close in prayer, Jamie. This is really important for me. Can we do that, please? Yes, because I've thought about it ahead of time. <laughs> and I'm okay with it for real. <laughs> I'm so glad to hear that. <laughs> do we want to jump into the prayers for the unsaved then? Actually, yeah, let's do that. Okay. All right. Well, these are the this is one of the 30 days of prayer for the unsaved where we just take 
a few minutes to pray for the one to three people that God has placed on our hearts that don't know the Lord and that we're just going to pray faithfully for them. So um, if you enjoy this prayer and you would like to receive all 30 days of prayer, you can go to prayingchristianwomen.com slash unsaved and you'll get one of these prayers each day delivered to your inbox for 30 days. So let's pray. God, whatever battle is raging for my friend's soul, you are already the victor. You have already won the war. I declare that you have conquered every power that wants to keep from turning to you and finding salvation. Please protect my friend today. Watch over their coming and going and all that they do. Preserve their life. Give them a sound mind that will lead them to you. Give me patience and perseverance to continue to pray with hope that you will grant your salvation to my friend. Yes, Lord, for this is your good pleasure. The enemy wants to steal, kill, and destroy, but you are stronger than he is. You are victorious, Lord, and my friend's soul belongs to you. Amen. Amen. So if you have questions that could be covered in a future Coffee Break episode, submit this to us at prayingchristianwomen.com slash questions. And how about since you just said the prayers for the unsaved, I'll go ahead and close our episode in a word of prayer. Sounds good. God, we thank you so much for this topic. Thank you for Marcine and what a friend of the show she has been for so long. We pray that all the things that we've talked about here would really help people to get to a good spot. We pray that you would help um, just Jamie and me personally to have a very clear sense of what those spiritual boundaries need to be and to not be swayed beyond that. And that also we would be... um, willing to be your representatives in a world where not everyone does acknowledge you. And God, we just admit that it's a messy topic and sometimes it's hard to know exactly where the lines need to be drawn. So I just pray for Jamie and me, for our families and for everyone listening, that we would just have your discernment as well as your amazing protection, God. And we do just rejoice in the fact that you are so much more powerful than any other false God and that you are the only true God. And we just know that you are the way and the truth and the life and nobody comes to the father except through Jesus. God, we just are so thankful that you are the truth and the way. And we love you, Lord. And we thank you for this show. We thank you for all the people who listen and we just pray that your name would be lifted up and glorified. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of the Praying Christian Women podcast. We'd love to hear from you, so please leave us a comment to let us know what questions or topics we can address in future shows. Then hop over to prayingchristianwomen.com slash journal to download your free prayer guide. We're so glad you joined us for today's show, and we wish you God's deepest blessings as you draw closer to Him and change the world one prayer at a time.